this first word coming to you live and direct to just be of a blessing to you and strengthen your faith. And today we are talking about what I call the greatest promise of Jesus. You wonder what that could be, <laughs> you know, the greatest promise of Jesus. We have so many promises from God in the Bible, promises to bless us, to increase us, to promote us, to lift us, to heal us, to deliver us. But what will you consider the greatest promise from Jesus? Let's take a look at our Bible. You know, something has been forgotten in recent time, which I believe that recent happening and our struggle in recent time will wake us up to that uh, idea again. You know, many of us live in this world and we expect God to help us, to be there for us. And we can open our Bible and quote the promises of God. But you know, we live in this world that we cannot predict how this planet will go. But we have the greatest promise from Jesus. If you are a follower of Jesus. And I want to bring that to bear upon your mind today. Let's go to John chapter 14, verse 1. It says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. That's very true. You know, as believers, we don't only believe in God. That's where we are unique as Christians. We also believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior. And he said, you believe in God, believe also in me. Say, don't let your heart be troubled. Of course, there will be troubles in this world. Let's look at the next verse. Verse 2, John 14. In my father's house are many mansions. <clears throat> Excuse me. If you are not so, I will have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Mm. Christ was talking about trouble, trouble. And I said, say, look at, look at, look at, look at, look at. My, my, my father's house is a big place. It's, 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 it's a giant thing. It's not just uh, uh, a backside desert somewhere. Now, don't forget, we are here, it's over there. And he said, look at, my father's house is bigger than what you think. There's so many, many places there. So many, many beautiful things over there going on. And he said, if it are not so, I will have told you. So Christ was not just from here, it was from up there, from the Father's house. He came down here and he told us, look here, I'm not lying to you. I'm faithful with my witness. I'm testifying to absolute truth that God's house, the Father's house is bigger, is greater, is gigantic, you know. But I love this, what I call the best, greatest promise. Verse 3, John 14. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. That is the greatest promise of Jesus. Now, can you imagine the richest man in your nation or in your continent or in the world? And that richest man give you a call and say, look here, whatever you need, I'll try and provide for you. But can you imagine him saying to you that, okay, you know what? I've been giving some help, some assistance since. Can you move down to my place? Can I just move you up? Can I come stay or can I just take you over? I mean, that would be the greatest promise. See, 
We have promises of blessings, of health, of prosperity, of preservation, of protection, of deliverance. But that is not the greatest promise of Jesus. The greatest promise of Jesus is this. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, he may be also. Man, <laughs> to be honest, where we are right now is a, it's a slum compared to where Jesus is. A terrible slum. I mean, it's worse than a slum. I mean, think of the worst slum, worst place where you can ever live. Terrible slum with filthy garbages everywhere. That's what this planet can be compared to where Jesus is. So, I'm coming for you. I'm preparing a place. I'm making room for you. I'm making places for you. And I'll come again and receive you to myself. The biggest, the greatest promise from God is Christ promising you to take you to himself. That's coming for you. It's coming for you if you believe in God and believe in him. I love this. Let me give you an example of this. You know, the Bible called us the bride and Christ the groom. Have you ever seen a bride who keeps on staying in her house after she's married? <laughs> I mean, that, I mean, if you look at bride and bride, when they go to marry, the groom starts looking for a place for them to stay. You go, get, get a place rented, and then the bride will move to his place. That's where it should be. Of course, it's a brother for a groom to move to the bride's place. I mean, <laughs> it's not right. I mean, you're looking forward to something better. So, we are the bride of Jesus, and it's coming for us. And his father's house is big, it's great, preparing the place for us right now. That is the biggest, greatest promise of God for us. So, what we are waiting for now is not just the end of the world, we are waiting for Jesus to come for us. He said, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, you will be. You know, this place where we are right now is all kinds of problems, global warming, pandemics, famines, earthquakes. This place is El Dorado at its truest form. It's paradise unlimited. And he said, I'm coming to receive you to myself. That will be a great day. He's waiting to receive you. He's working. The whole of heaven is working for that day when it's coming again. Let's read Acts chapter 1, after the apostles. When Jesus was going up, the disciples were watching him. As, as he was, as, look at verse 9, chapter 1, verse 9, the book of Acts. Now, when he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. See, uh, that was interesting. Jesus, after, you know, 40 days, when he was here, after he rose from the dead, he talked with them, and then he suddenly started going up. After saying, so I see power, going to all the world, and, and he started going up. And they were watching him, and he just started going up. And the cloud took him up and he was going up in the sky. And, and while they looked steadfastly, that's verse 10, Act 1 verse 10, toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, white clothing, who also said, men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will so come in like manner as you saw him going into heaven. Wow. Great. So, they were saying that it's going to come back. Just the way he left, it's going to come back for them. That's Jesus' greatest promise. If you want to help me, you can give me some handouts, some assistance. How about taking me to where you are, your best place? And Jesus 
is waiting, longing to see us that day, to receive us to himself. Can I close like this? I believe that heaven is waiting for this. The whole New Testament was written for this. The time we are living right now is the time between his first coming and his second coming. And we are looking forward. He said, I'll come and receive you to myself. So that where I am, you are going to be. I, I, I love the way the second to the last book in the Bible put it. That's the book of Jude, verse 24. When he was writing up the book, he says this, Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To God our Savior, who alone is wise, the glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. You know what's over there? One day, Christ is going to come to take us to himself. And he's going to take all of us who are the redeemed of the Lord, those who are saved, those who have believed in God and in Jesus. He'll take us and present us faultless before the throne of God. Man, I'm looking forward to that day. I mean, every one of us who redeemed by his blood, he'll take us and present us before the Father. That would be the biggest, greatest world global presentation of all of those who believe in him before the Father. I, I love to read, finally I love to read the book of Revelation. I, I think John saw a preview of that and was given a mini vision of that, what will be that day when we are all brought before the Father through the Son, Jesus Christ, after taking us out of this world. Revelation 7. I, I love the way they put it, Revelation 7. Listen to this. Verse 9. After these things, and behold, I looked, and behold, a great multitude which no man could number of all nations, tribes, people, and tongues standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Well, can you imagine that day we're going to stand before the throne? All of us who are redeemed. And then the angels who stood around the throne and the elders and the four living creatures and fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God saying, Amen, blessings and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Can I stop like this? Then one of the elders answered, said to him, Who are these arrayed in white robes? And where did they come from? I said to him, Sir, I don't know. He said to me, These are the ones who come out of the great tribulation and washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and will serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will dwell among them. So neither hunger anymore nor test anymore. The sons have not struck them by day nor any it. For the Lamb who is in the midst of the throne will separate them and lead them to living fountains of water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Amen. Come Lord Jesus.